and welcome to episode 15 of XR Connections, a podcast about XR, extended reality, virtual reality, VR, augmented reality, AR, and mixed reality, MR. Today we have as our guest Kai Liang of Mel Science and Smart Stone, and we discuss virtual reality and education, particularly K through 12 education. And Kai has some great insights based on his experience in providing VR content in education, and he has some great recommendations of VR content providers. All that information will be provided in the show notes you can follow up with. There's actually quite a bit going on right now in terms of XR events. There's the AWE 2020 conference that's going on right now. Next week, there is the VR AR Associations Conference. And then following closely after that is the VRTO Conference. I have lined up a number of interviews. So for the next month, we're going to be producing more podcasts more frequently. But for now, here is Kai Liang of Mel Science. Hi, everyone. We are here today with Kai Liang. Kai is the Director of Business Development at Mel Science, and he's also the co-founder of Smart Stone, which is a company that specializes in XR technologies in education. Kai is speaking to us through Zoom from London, England. Kai, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Liam. It's great being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's our pleasure. Kai and I met virtually while we were both attending a XR, an XR presentation with Catherine D. Henry, who I will follow up with later in the show notes and at the end of the recording. But Catherine has been doing some great presentations during these past eight weeks. Kai and I met one another there, and I thought since Kai is working on VR, XR, AR in the classroom and in education, that he'd be a great guest to have here on XR Connection. So thanks again, Kai. Kai, how did you get involved in this space? Was there something that XR, VR, AR that that would really impress you? What got you started here? Sure, sure. Um, pleasure. I'd love to share the story. And um, um, I become, I think the, the world of virtual reality caught my eye somewhere between 2015 and 2016 because of Facebook's takeover of, um, of Oculus at that time. There was a lot of news about it. And of course, 
the significance is that um, Facebook being a, a extremely influential brand and company uh, has bought Oculus with a very heavy price. So that seemed to be a wake up call to, to the world that VR is something to pay attention to. So that's a statement to, to the whole world that virtual reality, while being relatively novel and interesting um, for a very long time, has suddenly uh, become a big potential to be a, a major part of people's life and, and the media as such. So that's back in 2015. And um, at that time, I was um, the, the kind of a hidden leading figure in the world of autostereoscopic 3D, which means 3D without glasses. Uh, the reason why not many people have heard about autostereoscopic 3D is because literally the industry was not that successful. I'm actually one of the, the main drivers of this industry um, in the world because I'm behind or front of majority of the significant deals globally for autostereoscopic 3D uh, between 2013 and 2016. And um, at that time, my official role was the, the, the vice president of Dimenco, which is basically a spin-off from Philip. And Philip, at one stage, hold, hold about somewhere between 800 to 1,000 different IPs in relation to the, to the world of autostereoscopic 3D. So I single-handedly kicked off uh, all the manufacturing base and the business development for autostereoscopic 3D in Asia. And I completed a lot of deal globally too. But the, the, the problem with autostereoscopic 3D is that it's very cool and technology is very, very clever. But you notice that there's no big player behind it. Philip was the only major brand who invested in uh, autostereoscopic 3D. But Microsoft didn't, Amazon didn't, Facebook didn't, Lenovo didn't. Samsung didn't, no, nobody big really invested into it. And today, uh, you will notice that even if you buy a new TV from Curry's or from Best Buy, while it used to come with a 3D functionality, it doesn't anymore. So the yes. 3D kind of died off, which was really unfortunate because we enjoy a 3D movie, right? But guess what? In the future, you have to watch 3D movie inside a virtual reality glasses or headset. Isn't that ironic? So when autostereoscopic 3D was declining, I was already noticing and uh, paying attention. I made sure that um, VR is something that all the major company would be pushing. So this is very important. So Facebook was a very important start. So I started looking into this space. And when Demonco was eventually bought by KDX, which is a Chinese listed company, outright, I decided, okay, it's time for me to get into the world of VR. Mm -hmm. But of course, Liam, you know, you can do many things with VR. You can do research, you can play games, you can do movies. And I observe, observe, observe. I, I just kind of feel that I, I don't want to do gaming. Mm -hmm. And I'm not into making movies, even though I actually joined a lot of uh, micro movies. I, I, was, I actually started as a main character for one of the movies, which was released in China, by the way. It was quite funny. <laughs> and um, I, I, didn't also, I didn't want to get into the kind of like the, the very specialized area of industry or research with virtual reality either. Um, 
I decided that uh, my father is a physics PhD and my sister is a biochemistry PhD. There is just simply enough brains in my family. And uh, even my wife holds two master degrees and um, she's way better educated than me. So I, I just felt, okay, I need to find a niche myself. So I, I was waiting for the area to get in, in the world of virtual reality. And then I was approached in the entrepreneur event because I, I actually, I was a serial entrepreneur. I successfully raised funding for my previous companies and I helped other people raise funding. And, and then out of this um, entrepreneurial competition, a guy approached me. He said, Kai, your presentation was amazing. I don't know why you didn't win that competition, which was very sweet of him. And um, so obviously I would uh, have a nice conversation and a nice drink with somebody who is <laughs> very complimentary <laughs> right. of, of, of me. Uh, that's just my ego. And, um, and then as it turned out, the guy eventually headhunted me to a company called VR School in Beijing. And I was actually in England at that time, in London. That's um, VR School. Yeah, VR School. No, VR School, uh, before I joined, I did a lot of research. Now I found out that VR School actually was the leading company for virtual reality enabled education in the great and massive market of China. Mm -hmm. And by then, we're talking about the end of 2016, there were already a number of significant companies or, or notable companies in China who use virtual reality in teaching. Mm -hmm. So obviously the leading company at that time was VR School. And then I, what I did is that I actually arranged a business deal uh, between the CEO of, of VR School and the CEO of a company called D-Light. So D-Light was actually a company who bought auto-stereocopic 3D technology from me. So they were a, a 3D customer of mine. And then they actually invested in VR, they, they invested in, they designed their own VR headset and they manufactured it. Mm -hmm. So I introduced the CEO of VR school to uh, Mr. Kent Huang, the CEO of Delight. And in this process, the CEO of VR school liked me as well. But one of his chief advisor in the company already introduced him, introduced me to him. And the chief advisor said something very nice about me. So I started my career in virtual reality as the sales director of VR School, which was the leading VR education company in China. How about that? From yeah. where you were in 2015 to deciding VR was going to be something that you wanted to get into to 2016 leading up VR School in China. Yeah. And no, being a sales director is, a, is quite a, it's a highly charged position because I, in a totally new area, don't forget, uh, uh, Liam, I was never in education industry before. Right. right. I was always commercial, doing things on my own, but in industry, not education. But education is a very particular, peculiar industry. And we'll talk about China. I mean, Chinese market is even more unique. Mm. And as many in the West will say, it's very, very challenging. And don't forget that I lived in UK for 30 years. I left China when I was a kid. Uh -huh. I know nothing. And so, so my entire business career has been in, in, in UK, in US, in, in Middle East, in all over the world. And uh, as, as you rightly pointed out, I co-founded a company in, um, in Australia. So I have lots of uh, scope of experience in, in, in kind of like a Western area, but Chinese education space, my God.
and uh, with a disruptive uh, technology like virtual reality, it's very challenging. I know nothing. I have to appear to, to be knowledgeable and influential instantly, right? right? So that's great fun. And um, um, I think there, my original training as a management consultant in UK really helped me. Mm-hmm. If you are a management consultant, you can basically, uh, even if you know nothing about the subject, you can, you can somehow massage yourself as knowing plenty. So suddenly, this, uh, as a newcomer, I have to appear knowledgeable in education and, and, and with the new technology as well. So basically, Liam, I have to learn like madness, right? And, right. Um, but I can tell you that uh, this is the example of uh, occasion in life just took over and uh, you just ride with a wave. Yeah. The result uh, was actually within five months, Liam. Not only, not only that I get to know all the CEO of all the significant VR and education-related companies in China, but I got to know a lot of directors of um, VR education contents of around the world. I kind of felt that, um, how did I not get into the world of education earlier? My God, it's such a rewarding experience to work in education. It's fantastic. It is, isn't it? It's easy to get really excited about the content and about the results. I'm always fascinated by the XR results that people are seeing, not just only in education, but in all kinds of training. Sometimes it's, in many cases, it's better than whatever we've done before. It's easy to be enthusiastic and and excited about the possibilities. You're right. And it's, it's very meaningful because education is a very traditional industry, right? You, for example, you have a lot of great teachers. And guess what? A lot of these great teachers are actually pretty old. I love mm. old people, of course. And, uh, but there's well, an you're issue. speaking to one, you know. You're a young man. You sound like a, a totally young man. Uh, as young as me. So anyway, but Liam, you see, it, it's hard for older people to catch up the latest trend in technology. It's hard. It's not right. easy. And another problem with education is that a authoritative figure in education, he or she would probably like to protect his position as a, a, a wonderful teacher. So anything that kind of like threatens him out of his comfort zone uh, is naturally he's going to have a resistance to. Mm-hmm. So what you find is that, uh, I, what I found is that a lot of great teachers in China, while they secretly acknowledge that virtual reality really can help a lot in education, but they kind of do not want to embrace it. So it, it kind of like shift me to, to overdrive. I have to work my hardest to overcome it. Mm. And I think you probably mentioned the magical word earlier there, Liam. The magical word is content. It's content. Because it, it's, like, it's like movie. It's like, um, it's like music, you know? In mm. your life, in your, in your entire experience of, um, of enjoying movie or enjoying music, I'm sure you remember this one or two masterpiece or fantastic work that just really presented the technology of, of television or movie or current movie or 3D movie and, and music or orchestra to you. And after that, life is never the same. So as, as a sales director of, of, of VR school, in order to kind of break VR into a mainstream of education, I start to really work hard to, to find the best VR education content from around the world. And the kind of, that kind of led me to, to meeting a lot of great personalities 
and have lots of wonderful conversation. And that in turn helped me to actually turn the tide around. It, it really helped. So within f five or six months, I learned more than anything. And um, it, it, it previously, in, in a few years, in the world of 3D without glasses or auto stereoscopic 3D. And um, so you might want to ask what happened next? What, what happened, happened next was, guy? yeah, what happened then? What, it, it was a great event called Cannes Film Festival of 2017. I decided to, um, because of my meeting, one of my, my business meetings um, actually led me uh, to deliver a speech in Berlin on 3D, VR, and AR in 2017. Uh -huh. And uh, because I was in Berlin, and then Berlin it was not far from, from, from Gans, right? From Gans Film Festival. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of my friends went over to Cannes Film Festival. And I happened to know one of the most famous professor of Chinese normal university. What's Chinese normal university or Beijing normal university? That is a top university in China which trains teachers for China. So that's important for me. So I heard this professor was going to Gans Film Festival. So there I was, I, I bought a ticket and I flew to Gans and I met him. It was a great meeting. And I also met a lot of other fantastic uh, VR related content makers. One of them was Maud, great uh, French uh, VR documentary um, producer. Fantastic and really enthusiastic as well. So we, we shared a lot of my content. I saw her content and lots of other people. So the, the experience was great. And, um, but then VR school was pissed off with me. Can you imagine that? The VR school was pissed off with their, their sales director who signed a lot of contracts for them. Uh, because I was in Cannes Film Festival. I was on the beach. I was talking to a lot of beautiful people. And so certain people in in the company was, was jealous, was not happy. What happened next uh, eventually led me to be fired by the oh. school. <laughs> I was laughing. Because, I like the uh, story even better now. This is getting good. But uh, of course, I am a, a hard-headed British, and um, British Chinese for that matter. Um, it's fine. If you fire me, I will fire you. But I'm not going to fire the industry I love because by then I'm already really, really fell in love with VR education. Uh, there were three compelling reasons why I felt VR is really useful for education, by the way. Number one is the immersive experience. The immersive experience is so profound, so powerful. Even if you are a really, really bad student, even if you hate school, you hate studying, you're going to love VR. Imagine that, because I've seen that happen many, many times. So immersive experience, First feature, fantastic. And then the second feature is the interactivity. You are in a totally enclosed environment, totally artificial, totally controlled environment. Everything you do in this environment is intrinsically possible, right? Mm -hmm. You can move an earth, you can break something open, you can be as small as atom, you can be as big as solar system. You can go back to the Roman Empire days, you can go into the future. Right? You can be the Iron Man, you can be anything. Virtual reality can make that possible if you get good content maker. And that is really, really fantastic for education. It's really fantastic. And then out of these two features of immersiveness and interactivity, you can then take the next level, the, the real value add for education. That is really the learning part, the imaginative part. Right? You can 
after you interacted, after you immersed, after you get to the concept, you can experiment. Yeah, you can imagine. You you can take over. You can you can go forward. You can create. You can you can test, and all within uh, the, the the technology of VR. So how can I give it up? Uh, right. it, it was around that time, I actually have the idea of since I already know so many people and I have so many deals in China and in the West, in, in France, as well as in the UK, why don't I just start it out on my own? I was already an entrepreneur, so I learned it and I'm going to do it, fine, and I did it. I, I, I founded, um, at that time, I, I founded the company called uh, Smartstone uh, with a gentleman called Johnny. And uh, how did I meet Johnny? I, I met Johnny in a golf tournament in Beijing, which was organized by myself. Uh, because at that time, I was, uh, I was the CEO of a little golf application company called Golf Time. Okay. Uh, it was an interesting experience. And because of that job, I have to learn golf, by the way. And as you can see today, that I become really deeply in love with golf. So I kind of like, I like to embrace whatever happens in life full on. Right. And uh, VR education is another example. So really, the, the, the smartphone was a company which was born out of the occasions, out of golf, out of this tremendous opportunity uh, that is presented by this wonderful technology uh, called VR uh, in the world of VR education. I basically, soon, soon after I founded, I co-founded Smartstone in Sydney. I actually, uh, I traveled to Sydney for the first time in my life. Oh, God, I, I fell in love with it straight away. And um, such a beautiful country. And, uh, I decided to go there quite a lot after then. And I signed contract with pretty much all the leading uh, VR education content makers from the world. I signed the right for this contract, and um, I then uh, started to work to, to distribute, to sell all these wonderful contents to schools in Australia, in Singapore, in China, in, in Thailand, in Middle East, uh, you name it, to any market. And then it also gave me an opportunity to kind of like just witness experience people's excitement and their approval of good VI education content. And I mean good yes. VI education content. And so, that kind of went on and on um, until uh, one of the company I signed deal with um, decided to actually open a office in China. And this company, as you can guess, is actually Mal Science. Mal Science is a British education startup that focus in science learning, mm -hmm. uh, utilizing technologies like uh, VR and AR, but they do a lot of um, original, innovative science uh, education contents, including chemistry experimental kits that children, under the um, guidance of their parents, uh, they can do really wonderful, good-looking, interesting, and, um, and kind of like colorful uh, and exciting chemistry uh, experiment at home. And, and in this process, actually learn something about science and then start to explore in science. And in case there is certain concept of chemistry they couldn't understand, such as whatever happened on atomic level or molecular level, there they are presented with really good and powerful VR lesson that none of them would ever dislike because the quality is so high. So uh, my science uh, was great because the content was really good and they have a lot of other products as well. Most of really focus on science learning. It's a special company. It started, started by this gentleman called uh, Dr. Vasily Filipov. 
And um, he was actually a bit legendary in his younger days and in his present days as well. But younger, in his younger days, he, he was the champion of Russian Olympiad for physics as well as programming. Really? Imagine that. We're hmm. talking about the extremely brainy person. He later became uh, the doctor of quantum physics of um, St. Petersburg State University. The, the most clever people in Russia, they will go to that university. And among these, uh, Vasily was <laughs> probably one of the smartest. One of the smartest in the group. Kai, it sounds like it's been a great progression from your initial interest to where you are now. So you've had quite a bit of very in-depth experience with VR and education now. What are some of the subjects that you think particularly lend themselves well to, to learning in VR? Absolutely. Uh, now, we have to try to reduce the scope here because even VR education and VR training covers an extremely wide area. It can cover K-12. It can cover university and college level study or subject. It can also cover the kind of like uh, uh, the company corporate training as well as lifelong learning for yes. anything. But uh, what we can easily agree on is the biggest kind of like a more unified market is K-12. Mm -hmm. Because K-12, the syllabus from all the countries around the world for science is more or less the same. Okay? Even with countries of extremely different religion and, and language, you'll find that uh, everybody has to learn atom, everybody has to learn gravity, you know, and uh, everybody has to learn the, the basics. Uh, they have to learn the solar system, they have to learn geography, pretty much other, uh, uh, with the same sort of content. So imagine if you're a company who want to make VR education content. If you make con content at this age for this subject, your content potentially can be adapted uh, in many markets around the world with, with hardly any adjustment, uh, with hardly any localization apart from language, yeah? For K-12 uh, VI content, really useful. And uh, I think that's where we should uh, focus on. And since you ask, Liam, what subject can, can, uh, can be really good for virtual reality, um, I, I definitely love that, uh, that question. Uh, without doubt, science subject is really good for virtual reality. Why? Because a lot of people found science difficult. Why? Because they, they couldn't really truly get it. Some people, they, they wouldn't understand atom, they wouldn't understand electron cloud. It's hard for them to understand how magnetic field work, and especially how it works in a 3D world, right? So these kind of things are really hard to visualize, and you, you, you have to learn it with a bit of interaction, okay? And, and you have to learn it with a bit of experiment. Uh, experiment. So all this actually plays right into the, the biggest strength of virtual reality. And by then, by now, virtual reality is also cheap enough and good enough for this kind of teaching purpose. The software development environment is very mature. So very easily, things like chemistry, physics, geography, space, biology, certainly the very hard part of biology, such as DNA, genetics, you know, uh, human organs or animal organs, and how to put them together to actually, uh, how, how, how blood clotting work, and these kind of details. Virtuality can be a, a great asset. And um, I have traveled around the world. I've delivered speech in many countries and uh, attended TV interview or, or podcast interviews. I mean, trust me, Liam, I have seen 
the excitement, the satisfaction of parents, of students, of a lot of teachers, a lot of scientists and the government officials, when they saw the science and the geographical content, their eyes just like went wide. When you say excitement, it's happiness, and it's very satisfying. Mm -hmm. In addition, I will, also some other, I will also mention some other subject. There was a gentleman called Bernie, professor uh, of Indiana University. Uh, but he, he also speaks very fluent Italian, because why? He specialized for 20 years in the history of Rome. So he's a great guy, extremely handsome too. Bernie reconstructed Rome, ancient Rome, in 3D with the most finest level of detail. And he also converted this into a virtual reality experience. And I convinced him to invest money to, to enable his content to work on the mobile VR devices, such as Oculus Go and Oculus Quest, etc., etc. And he did that. He did a great job. But again, content like this is fantastic with VR. Ancient Rome, for you to visualize the construction, the, the, the kind of meaningful design, and the, the kind of like migration of Roman Empire and its architecture and its uh, statues and all these stories in the virtual world. I mean, that's the only way you can do it, right, Liam? And it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It is it's to the heart of so many people. So I think, and in fact, the story can go on. There are lots of things. Where I think VR is probably not a great value add are things like mathematics. Maybe language is challenging unless somebody does really good content. You know, there are certain things. I think it's better to just like experience with real people. Uh, we don't want to use VR to replace the real life teaching. It needs to be a value add. So that's a key thing. Well, right. Thank, thank I hope that's Kai. enough. For that, the, no, that's that is. I will ask you one more thing. Can you give us some examples of providers of VR educational content that you would recommend? Yeah, sure. Um, no, first of all, I would recommend Mouse Science uh, because uh, out of my experience for for two years running Smartstone, I I demonstrated many VR education contents to to people around the world. I have to tell you that Mouse Science content is always the winner. When I demonstrate mouse science content, people love it. And perhaps one reason for that is because Vasily, as a quantum physicist, he did something extraordinary. He used quantum equation to calculate the force of attraction and the repulsion, as well as the energy generated and to be absorbed by any two particles in space. Can you imagine that? And what Vasily did is that he built an entire virtual reality quantum physics simulation engine on top of Unity engine. So mm -hmm. other people, they do the VR education content by similar approach to a movie. Draw a storyline, you draw the character, you, you program the interactivity. Vasily did something altogether different. He built this simulation engine. And then on top of engine, he used script language. He just described the event. And there you have it. It's quantum technology. And he, he really did it. Other companies who did this are like the atomic research agencies in UK, in US, and in Russia, in Sweden. And because they have to build nuclear power station, right? So they have to calculate the exact energy being released and produced um, with different configuration and experiment on it. Vasily did this for education purpose. So male science or male chemistry VR content, I highly recommend. Body VR, fantastic content. Uh, a German company called CoSpaces, Oh, in fact, the company is called Delight X. Delight X. And their product is called Co-Spaces. 
what Codespace is, essentially, it's, a, it's like a Scratch. You know Scratch? Scratch is a programming tool, but mm -hmm. Scratch works on 2D, yeah? But Codespace, they, they, they're kind of like an immersive Scratch. It works not only in 3D, but in spatial world. You can, uh, you can, you can essentially move a crap, and it's a moving crap, uh, from uh, one location to the other location on the space, and you can hold your mobile phones to actually enjoy this content from different angles in augmented reality. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, Eugene, the CEO, actually, he, he wrote the entire engine called the Delightex uh, in order to, to actually do this. And the, the product is immensely attractive. Uh, it's actually one of the, my most significant deals for, for Smartstone, uh, the, the Department of Education of New South Wales of Australia. They instantly want to deploy code spaces to more than 100 schools on the first order. And um, so that's an example of how wonderful this company is. And, and also uh, another kind of like uh, Anglo uh, or French-British company called uh, Wild Immersion. Okay. This is an extraordinary story as well. So there was um, a gentleman called Adrian and uh, his brother called Gregoire. Uh, so this crazy French team, crazy French team. They carried this really heavy VR camera gear and they traveled to all the nature reserves, the major nature reserves from around the world. And they captured a lot of amazing 360 oh, okay. shots. And then they, they kind of put this together. And then a, a notable figure in the world of um, environmental protective uh, uh, preservation is called Dr. Jane Goodall. Yes. Dr. Jane Goodall loved the content so much. So Jane Goodall Institution endorsed wild immersion content. So their okay. content it's not so much for the teaching, but it's just like, imagine if you are a teacher, you want to teach people, kids about animal behavior, about environment, you just show people this sure. immensely entertaining and, uh, and, and transform transformative and relaxed, beautiful content in 360, wild immersion content. And then you ask questions. You, you ask kids to describe what they see. You, you ask kids to mm. encourage kids to debate. And that's one way of learning. And it's tremendously engaging. How else are you going to do it? You can show people a picture of elephant. You can show a movie of elephant. But my friend, if you show elephant in um, African plains running around in 360 degree immersiveness, it's beautiful. It's, it's yeah. another level. People yeah. love it. But, so there are a lot of examples of good VR education uh, content from around the world. Uh, another one is called Victory VR. So Victory XR by Steven, Steve Grubbs in uh, a gentleman in the USA. He runs several U.S. presidential campaigns, by the way. So he's an extremely savvy businessman and a great communicator. So he built this company called Victory XR. He did lots of content as well. And so you, you have like a growing number of companies who try from different angles uh, with different strengths and weakness to do VR uh, education content. And that's great. It's great for next generation. And it's great for us. And uh, it's great for the, for the world. I think we should encourage more of that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Kai, for those recommendations. We'll get links and put those into the show notes of all those companies. And finally, Kai, or maybe not so finally, but next is, as I mentioned earlier, we met through Catherine D. Henry's XR live events. She's doing those every Wednesday on LinkedIn. I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well, where she has speakers on specific topics about what's going on in XR right now. I found a lot of uh, folks made a lot of connections through LinkedIn. Where are you getting your VR 
and XR information. Do you go to meetups? Are there meetups that you can recommend to folks in London or in Sydney? And then God only knows when we're going to start going to meetups again. And of course, <laughs> we were all excited about AWE conference and VRAR conference, and those are all going online. I'll have links to those in the show notes. Are there any online events or conferences that you can recommend to people that may be coming up, particularly in this VR for education space, as so many people now with the current events are looking into remote education and collaborations? Who are you following? Who should they follow? What are some events that people may be interested in? Sure, sure. it's a great question. I think one of the gentlemen we should definitely follow is called Liam. And he does a lot of amazing podcasts with uh, people in, um, in XR area and, uh, and XR education. So that, definitely follow, follow Liam O'Malley. Uh, yeah, this is a, no, this is a, a master class in salesmanship here from, uh, from Kai. <laughs> All right, okay. here, folks. Um, I'll be serious now. And um, well, apart from Liam, there are several really famous uh, key opinion leaders who are active on LinkedIn. Uh, one of the gentlemen, uh, apart from Catherine, uh, a gentleman called, um, I think, Michael uh, Smith, Smithson. Uh, Alan Smithson, yes. Alan, Alan Smithson, Alan yeah, yeah. Smithson's the, great, the best, yes. Well, talk to him. He's a super guy. And yeah. he will introduce you anything you need. He will introduce you to. I mean, there are a lot of friendly people. There, there are quite a few uh, superstars in this industry and who would point you in, in the right direction. And uh, another gentleman um, you should uh, definitely talk to is called Alvin uh, he's a CEO of uh, HTC. Uh, yes. HTC, one of the major uh, VR hardware company. Alvin, fantastic guy. Really friendly and extremely eloquent and uh, a great communicator. You know? And uh, some of his directors are fantastic as well. Uh, General called Leland, uh, who is a VP for, for, for Pico uh, in Europe. He fantastic guy as well. Extremely effective. Um, I, can, I can mention many people, but these kind of people, number one, super guy, you, you will find them easily if you're interested in VR and XR because they, 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 you start to notice that all the attention, all the conversation is, will participate too and kind of get driven from, from these people. And uh, you mentioned Meetup. I definitely agree. I've been to lots of Meetups. I even hosted, I presented, I spoke in a number of Meetups in Sydney in Australia. Mm -hmm. uh, Sydney, in my opinion, is a great city. It's, it, the good thing about Sydney is that it's not very big. Yeah? So all the events, you can pretty much walk to it uh, from Sydney mm. city center. But you can always meet a lot of really active and um, presentable and um, friendly and, um, and effective and good uh, VR and AR and XR professionals. I agree. And I'll just interrupt you here for a moment that, yes, what Kai is saying, and again, you know, God only knows when we're going to be able to have these meetups again. But these meetups, the people that run the XR or the AR or the, or the VR meetup in your city, those meetups are so great. The people that go to them are enthusiastic. They want to talk to you. They want to show you their stuff. The people that set them up, they're always well run. I've been, mine are in New York City for the most part, but I also attend the ones in Boston, and I'm just always impressed by the quality people that go to these things. Indeed, indeed. But uh, make sure that, uh, Liam, you always go with at least one VR headset. 
just oh, carry yes. a lightweight Oculus Go so you can show people some of the content you want to present. And that would take the meeting to a new level, trust me. That is a very good, <laughs> very good suggestion because a lot of people still haven't seen this or they have only seen it in a meetup, which is in, was the case for me a year ago. It was one of the first times I ever put on a VR headset other than at you know, the mall when you ride on those roller coasters or something like that was at a meetup that someone brought. Definitely need some roller coaster meetup. We'll see how many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you get it quicker than drinking. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Kai, thank you so much. What's on your horizon next for VR? What are you seeing? Are there any VR events? Let's just finish up with that. Is there a VR event? Are you going to be speaking anywhere? You got any, uh, any recommendations on that front? I was supposed to actually deliver a speech in the U.S. and following one of the recent uh, uh, interview and, and press release uh, about my article on, on several U.S. EdTech, for example, EdTech Crunch. Mm -hmm. I can send you the link to that article uh, later. Uh, but obviously, because of COVID-19, <laughs> the U.S. event is not happening. Uh, right. But I think next week, I, I'm probably going to be delivering a keynote speech uh, and I'll, I'll run a panel in a uh, kind of digital week event. I will send you the link to that. I, I think they, they set me up. They talked to me today. They wanted me to do a keynote speech, and I'm delighted to, obviously. And um, the, the, I think every week, <laughs> these days, every week, there's something happening. Well, I would agree with you, and that is for sure. And on the show notes, I'll be putting in links to events. But yes, uh, Kai is, is right. Almost every week now, there's something going on. So... Uh, keep active with the community, everyone. Absolutely. Kai, thank you so much. No, you're welcome, Leah. And uh, uh, it's been delightful talking uh, with you, even uh, though we have so many hiccups with Zoom. Uh, you, but, uh, you, the, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. the listener, don't, don't, don't know how difficult it was to not only uh, get this meeting going, then, then, then to complete it. Thank you, Kai. And have a nice day, Leah. You too. Take, Take care. care now. All right. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, Kai Leong. I thoroughly enjoyed that interview, and I hope you did too. Listeners to the podcast know that at the end here, I will usually credit the technology that was used. Kai and I had such a disaster with Zoom. I think it cut out four times, no less than than four times and might have been five you know it did work it's free you have your own opinions on zoom i don't know if i'll be using it for recording purposes again but while we're at it why don't we just say we use the focus right interface we use a scarlet microphone it's logic pro X is the recording software, and the podcast is produced and published by Anchor, which I can highly recommend. All of the technologies and the names that Kai mentioned in the podcast will be listed in the show notes. You can find the show notes at marsandmercury.com in the 
podcast section. But I do want to mention one person once again, Catherine D. Henry. Catherine is a XR innovation expert. She has been holding XR panel discussions under the name New Reality XR 2020. She holds those on LinkedIn. And I want to go into this just a bit because this is what the podcast is all about. Catherine also runs the New York City Tech Creatives Meetup. And during the pandemic, she made a big effort of rallying that community to support and encourage one another. She started posting job listings on there. So that's how I met Catherine, and I believe that we met in person at the R Lab, which has been mentioned here frequently at one of the meetups, whether it was an AR or VR meetup, I'm not quite sure. But in any case, because I had met Catherine there, I'm following her on LinkedIn, and that's why I was watching her new reality XR 2020 panel discussion and one of the participants who commented in the chat was Kai Liang and that's how we met. As we have mentioned there in the podcast itself, these meetups are really a great way to get to know people and learn more about this technology. So with that, thank you very much for listening. As I mentioned, there are a number of XR events going on right now online. I'm attending most of them, and I'm meeting people. And I've met a few people that you will hear from on this podcast this summer. Take care and be safe. Oh, and finally, the final credit, the music on the outro is by Dr. Mars. Thanks for listening to XR Connections.